Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Today, we're continuing our discussion with Justin Murphy. So, Justin, thanks for joining us again. Absolutely. So, Justin, for our audience that didn't hear our last podcast about a church's webpage, introduce yourself again to everybody. I'm Justin Murphy. I'm the creative director here at Your Creative People in Greenville, South Carolina. We've been working with uh, churches and companies for about 20 years now, helping them really look at their audience and communicate the right message to them in the digital channels as well as print and branding and things like that. And your mission, I mean, your your goal is really to help um, different ministries because you have a yes. background in theology, right? Yeah. So I went and got a uh, seminary degree. And part of that training really helped develop in me a heart for ministries and really working with them to help them individually communicate you know, what makes them unique, how to communicate your message to your audience in terms of you know, ways that your audience would understand and respond well to. So, Okay, so today I want your feedback on some questions here, okay? All right, so you're creative people. In all your experience in really communicating what a church is on the Internet, through the web page, there's certain ingredients that are crucial for a web page. Right? So that's where I want to go today. So first... Uh, talk to me about staff names and and titles. I mean, tell me a little bit. Is that essential? Uh, is that a key ingredient? So if you think about a person who would be coming to your website and putting yourself in their shoes, which is really the starting point for any time you look at your website, who is coming to it, what questions do they have, and treat it like a conversation. So you know, one of the questions I think is just obvious, uh, and it's not really the starting point um, from a staff standpoint, but they, but they do want to know who's the pastor, uh, who, if I join this ministry, who is leading it, and what type of other pastors you know, and ministries do they have. Uh, but, but even more important than that, I think the first thing that most people want to know when they hit your website is, where is it? Where is your church? And when is your service times? Uh, because that's the most commonly asked uh, question, you know, that the visitors have. And so as we design your site here, what we do is we intentionally think about those questions and we visually design and say, okay, I'm going to position those service times and a quick get directions link and make it easy for them uh, as as high on the page as possible and in a way that, that gives it to them right off the bat. We don't want to make that hidden or obscured because that's a key question that they want. All right. So I love the, in our last podcast, we talked about the word conversation. So I love the way you phrase that. So the webpage, you really be having a conversation with those investigating your ministry. So you're saying right from the very beginning, the location, the service times, what are the other factors that people are coming to your webpage and they need to see almost immediately? What would else, what else would that be, Justin? So, you know, if you think in terms of, of families, let's just say your, your church is trying to reach out into your community because you want to attract young families, which is something we hear as an agency all the time. Help me attract young families. Well, you know, my family, we have two children, and one of the first things that my wife <laughs> probably would start off the, 
the question, if I said, hey, well, let's, let's look at a new church, would be, well, what kind of children's ministries do they have? What kind of nurseries do they have? Because we still have one in, in that category. Um, you know, what is their approach? What is their philosophy to teaching our kids? All right, so with that is we are communicating not only with text about what the ministry does, would you also put some pictures of what the building and the nursery and where this is key to a mom and a dad bringing their children for the first time to your church? How would you integrate that in? Certainly. So when we when we think in terms of the visual media, which is video, photographs, things of that nature, we read the text, but we feel comfortable, or uh, I would say a lot more comfortable, looking at videos uh, and, and images that convey what that, Im- what that ministry is like. So I get asked all the time, well, should I just use stock images that look pretty but don't represent my church? Well, if you have to, sure, it's better than nothing, but I would definitely say the investment into hiring a photographer or a videographer to come in and capture real images of professional quality that communicate your ministry, that investment is is well worth it because really you're going to be judged by that, by your visitor. They're going to look at your site and they're going to make a value judgment to say, does that look, not just does it say or sound, but does it look like a church that I would want to be part of or that I want to visit or does it look even if you have you know images of your building does it look run down does it communicate certain things about it or does it look like oh wow they have clean nurseries it looks like smiling faces yeah that's the sure. type of of place I want to put my kids you know when I travel or if we were choosing a, another ministry all right so again if we back up and we're looking at this the first time so what we're trying to do is give the the one that is looking into your church a, a fair representation of what a typical Lord's Day may look like. So we would give n- pictures of the nursery. And what about a sermon? So how would you recommend a church posting a, a video of their service so people know about the music, the message, what they can expect? How would you work that into the web page? Or do you, would you recommend working that in? I would, absolutely. Sermons are really an indispensable part of someone's decision-making process. And most likely in today's environment, um, what we're seeing is, is visitors will go on your site and they may be visitors who have no church background at all. And so you got to think in terms of what would they need uh, to, to be communicated with on your website, what key terms are there, and, and maybe creating a page for what do you expect, you know, because that— All right, can I ask you a question right there? So on the what to expect page, would you say that should be a video, like a one- to two-minute video, because we know people— well, watch that or, I mean, I know that's what I prefer, but talk to me from your perspective, video or text or how would you do that? Video is not a generational thing. Okay. Uh, it, it really helps everybody at every age bracket get content about something or, or learn about something in, in just a short form. And so video is really powerful for a lot of purposes, but especially for this page. If you're going to have a what to expect page that's geared toward visitors in your community, a video really makes people uh, in a short amount of time understand you know, what, what your ministry is all about. And it gives them some visuals. I, I would not just do the pastor talking. While that's important to get a sense of who the pastor is and, and get to know them maybe in a, in, in a, sh- a short form, um, you know, seeing some visuals of, of the services and getting an understanding of what it looks like, you as an audience member, you, you know, a visitor, you look and say, 
oh, that looks like a place I can be comfortable with. So video is important. Have some text on there as well in case they don't watch the video. You know, talk about nurseries for families. Talk about dress. Talk about music. And while you don't want to get into necessarily the issues at that point, you want to help people understand, is this the church for me? Yeah. And what who to expect. Who we are. You want to clear. You want to, again, have that conversation. Right. This is who we are. You know, and this is what we're, how we're trying to minister to you. Right. All right, so on that, uh, what did you expect video? Would you recommend the pastor or a layperson or pastoral staff or that's the first question. The follow-up question of that is, I think this should be done different than simply from your iPhone. Absolutely. Right? Now, I, I know iPhone can take great videos, but just talk to us a little bit about the importance of the quality of that first impression with the what do you expect video and maybe who should do it. Yeah, when a church comes to us and they hire us as an agency to come alongside and, and help them with all these different materials and, and tools, one of the first things we do is we talk about the importance of video. And then we look and we narrow down who should be part of that video. So, you know, if it's a, if it's a gospel presentation, which is also very important to be part of that what to expect page, because you'll have visitors who have never heard the gospel. It's, an, it's your opportunity to reach them. So in that sense, we're creating videos often with the pastor leading someone through that. And it's usually pretty short because, again, today's attention span is, is limited, and we want to make sure that we're you know, sensitive to that. But from an overview standpoint, when we get hired to create a video for a church, we end up trying to encourage them to use multiple age groups in that video so that it doesn't look like it's skewed in one direction. So the pastor may be part of it, you know, welcoming people, but we may also have, you know, a teenager or a college student or a young couple or an older couple or a middle-aged couple be part of that. Uh, and that way you get a glimpse of the ministry and you give a glimpse of the ministry to a visitor in all the different demographics. So that's really important. All right. So again, for our audience sake, this is not a commercial for your creative people. But I think as a pastor, and again, a pastor trying to give the right representation, so often we don't see what needs to be seen, if I can put it that way. We, right. we as a church, we, we know who we are, but sometimes we do a very poor job of communicating who we are. So I think it is important to, to get the best resources we can to assist us in communicating our, our love for the Lord and our love for our community. So, again, as you do this, uh, I, I mean, I know your ministry. I thank you for your ministry. But I think I want to encourage our pastors out there to think about this from afresh. Think about it as this is an investment. This is your presentation to your community of who you are. All right, so let's go a step further. Uh, other key components of your webpage, statement of faith. Talk to me a little bit. Should a church put on there what their statement of faith is or a doctrinal statement, as some would call it? Yes. One of the things that churches often lead with and that we've found over the years is their statement of faith. And I think that's certainly important to have as a, a key part of your website. If you don't have it, that's going to be a problem for visitors because they want to learn about you and what you believe. And in that statement of faith, you do want to define the key terms that while you may be you know, familiar with justification and that label for what we know, uh, is so important to our faith, 
that is not a concept that every visitor understands. And so you, even as you write your statement of faith, make sure you define those terms for people. And so having a statement of faith critical to every site, you've got to have one really, really important. But I wouldn't lead with that because that's not right. always the starting point. They don't want to just jump into what you believe. They want to learn about you in in a you know, what to expect or where you are, get a little bit of that, and then have a link on that page, that what to expect page, to your statement of faith. And I think that's a good progression to follow. All right. So also maybe the mission of the church, or if they have a mission statement of what they believe God has called them to do. So that should be a company somewhere with the statement of faith of how that statement of faith and put this way is lived out, right? So that also should be a part of it. Let's reverse the question. All right, so what would you not put on that web page? So what is something that as um, a professional and you are used to telling people's story through the Internet, what is something you say, no, don't put, please don't put that on your web page? What would it be, Justin? Well, that's a good question. I don't know that I've thought about it from that angle. We're focused mostly on what to put there, but I think when it comes in ter- comes to uh, – to websites, a lot of people think of, I've got to put everything out there. Okay. Uh, and I think that overwhelms people. I mean, you think about it. It would probably right. overwhelm you if you were sitting in a visitor's shoes looking for a church, maybe on vacation or something like that. You don't need everything. So we've, we've helped churches maybe scale back a little bit and really tighten up their message so that it communicates very clearly the first time in, in, in short amount of words. But, uh, you know, images and video... I wouldn't put bad images or bad video up there. And I know that probably sounds like, of course, no one would do that. But we see that a lot. And I think one of the greatest values that we get to to help churches with is we bring objectivity or the outside perspective to the table. So we see these things and we see content that's written poorly. And so we try to help them really reverse that. We see images that they thought, oh, this is great. Somebody in my church shot this you know, video. Uh, and it's really shaky, and no one wants to watch it. Uh, or it's nine minutes long. Well, nobody wants to watch that either, uh, not in today's world. And so we just help churches really, by looking objectively at their sites and at their branding, really operate in a best practice sense with that objectivity in mind. Sure. And I think with that, so you're telling the audience or those that are conversing on the web page with you, really what the church has done and kind of what it is doing, so current events, and also uh, projecting where the church is going. So really giving the mission statement to the church. Or vision. Uh, or you vision. Know, I think yeah. that's part of the church's responsibility, too, that's often neglected. And that's I'm glad you brought that up because mission and vision do go together. But vision talks about you know what the church is going to do and where it wants to be positioned. Mission focuses on what we are, what we exist to do today. And I think mission needs to come on the homepage and okay. really be communicated through text as well as a video. That's, that's a good video uh, subject, uh, the mission. And if you tie that into vision, say, this is our mission and here's our vision, I think that's a really, that makes for a really good video. Would you say, and again, my observation is a lot of churches do great in the mission, very poorly on the vision. True. Is that a fair? That is fair. So as I'm talking to my fellow pastors out there, I say, okay, let, let's examine that part of your webpage. All right, let's, so let's do a little interaction on something we talked. Let's talk about online giving. All right, so you travel a lot. You live in the Internet world, and your statement to me about giving is you like to do it where? 
So personally, I'm in the age where, and I'm in a business where I use my phone and my tablet and computer all the time, as well as my team. And I'm just immersed in this digital age, uh, working with clients. And I, I do love that part of what we do. But for me, in my church, I actually need the 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 meditation, I guess, like or the pre-meditation of actually sitting down and writing a check. I, mean, I pay all my bills online. I do all my banking online. I do everything online. I control my lights online through my phone. But for me, I can do all of those things without thinking about them. Okay. But worship and the act of worship, the sure. giving is, for me, I need to think about it and write the check. And really, as I do that, I typically pray and just thank the Lord for what I have. And so I need that activity for me. But, you know, from a from the flip side, there are many times where I'm traveling and, and my family is with me and we think, oh, you know, I, I want to give my tithe, but I'm away. You know, online giving can facilitate that. And, and you can certainly do it in a way that's that's really worshipful by using a phone to give, not just writing a physical check. And, and certainly I'm a big proponent of that. And we build a lot of sites that have that. But uh, I think from a convenience sake, it does help people to give. And if your budget is dependent on that every week, having a feature like that on your site can actually just facilitate that. Yeah, and I think another aspect of the online giving from my experience as a pastor, I mean, I agree with everything you said. And whenever, again, I travel a lot too, but whenever I'm in a service and I can give and participate there, that's my preference. But also I know that especially when you have an effective web page and you have people, like I had a dear friend that was disabled. And so he watched our service every Sunday. And again, in our day and age, very few people are going to sit down and write a check and mail it in. So we put an online um, feature on our web page and the very first Sunday, you know, he sent in a donation with a note saying how thankful he was because even though he didn't even live in our community, but yet our church became his church. He was unable to get out and go to church. He was disabled. But he, financially, he wanted to participate. So I think the online giving, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. When I'm in the service and I want to do it, I'm like you. I think it's an act of worship. I write my check. I pray over the check. I put it in the offering plate. But at the same time, I want to encourage pastors to think about people that may have moved away, that may no longer be in the same community where your church is, but they appreciate you. And if your web page is current and you're telling them what you are doing and what God has done, they want to participate in that. So I do encourage that the other aspect of online giving is those that don't live in the community but your church has been a blessing to, and they want to be a part of that ministry, that enables them to do that. So that any other yeah. comments you want to give on that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Having, a, having the ability to have a online portal is effective and helpful for people um, that, that are in different situations. And then, you know, I would not say that we should go all to that direction and not in a service because, you know, I think of my, you know, four-year-old, and we're teaching her as a family you know, to prepare her offering to come and actually do it. Well, I can't really do that through a phone mm -hmm. as easily. Sure. Um, and so I think there's value on both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's switch a couple of, a couple of things we want to cover. Um, Facebook, Twitter. All right. Uh, do you put those on your webpage? Is that important? Um, I mean, how old are you, Justin? I'm 36. All right. So I'm 63. All right. So talk to me. Facebook, Twitter, do you put them on your webpage? Let's talk generational things here. Uh, your, your feedback on that. 
Sure. So from a Facebook and Twitter or social media uh, channel standpoint, those are important platforms to communicate your message. Uh, and you got to think in terms of, you know, what people want on those platforms. Again, going back to your website and the starting point of thinking through your audience and the conversation. Well, Facebook's just as much of a conversation. You don't want just news sent to you. You want to converse. And, and those platforms are designed socially to have that conversation. So it's just important to think uh, about your website that way as it is Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, and if you're trying to reach younger families, there are certain platforms that would be more appropriate for that. And how you set them up is, is important for that as well. Um, you know, Twitter that has a, a certain type of demographic and audience there. Um, I think every every church today should have a Facebook page that um, they communicate their ministry, and mainly that'll probably take the shape of a member related communication uh, versus visitors. Visitors will probably go to your church's website first, um, not your Facebook uh, channel. But, um, you know, on, on the Facebook side, that's an important tool with your members. And I see a lot of pastors using that effectively every week to communicate things throughout the week to their members. So it's a really important channel. If you're not going to use it, if you're, if you're going to post sporadically to your channels, then, yes, don't, don't put, it don't out put those out don't there. Don't put it out there. Uh, because that's going to do more harm than good. But if you're going to keep up with it and have a very intentional strategy and someone own that, which is probably not you, um, just from a, a time standpoint, you have other priorities during the week as a pastor, then I, then I think uh, if you have someone own that, they can help you along with that, and you have a strategy, I think that really can be an effective tool to your members. All right, cover two more things. All right, next. How often should I refresh my webpage? I mean, what do I mean by refresh? A new look. You know, I mean, they, you're supposed to, I mean, to make sure, like in a building, we want the paint fresh, the carpet fresh. So how often should we clean up our web page and get uh, to make it, I mean, should, should this be on a six-month cycle, a one-year cycle, a three-month cycle, a weekly cycle? What should this be on? Well, if you think about that question in light of your visitors, how often do they want to come to a website that's outdated? So what I'm saying is right now we're in the month of August, okay? So if I still got a, a Christmas cantata announcement on my webpage, chances are they're not going to visit, right? Yeah, if, if you have that, that's probably a good indication to a visitor that they don't take their website seriously, which makes them think and perceive that your church may not be as relevant to them. And I'm not saying relevant in a doctoral sense, right. but relevant just are they even – do they even think in terms of vision and the future and really trying to reach people that are, you know, families where, where they live, you know, um, because this is part of our culture. So certain things have got to be done weekly. Yes. Okay. And other things, just like everything else, monthly, mm -hmm. every six months, we can review this. But it's got to be a normal thing we do to update, keep it fresh and keep it current. Is right. That, is that fair? Yeah. And it really, when people think in terms of, you know, their services, you're putting up a new service, uh, you know, new sermon, which is important for your members and visitors, you know, every week, maybe two or three sermons, depending on what your service schedule is like. And, uh, and then you're putting up, you know, calendar events so people can know what's coming. Those are important. Um, you're putting up photos. That's important. And, and, and new content like that. So you can put up Bible study materials. You can put up, you know, if you 
learned a new song last week in your congregational singing, then you know putting that up for people to work on during the week with their families or to think about uh, or to read through in their devotions is really a helpful tool. So staying up with your website's content is really important, and that's why it's important. Like every site that we build uh, has a content management system backing it. So you can go up to your website, edit and update things on your site, upload sermons every week easily on your own. So we empower churches with that. All right. So so again, I'm, I'm uh, conversing here with Justin Murphy of Your Created People in Greenville, South Carolina. Justin does this as a profession, as a living, as a ministry, as a passion. All right. So the last question I want to ask is this. I'm a pastor by myself, small church, 40, 50 people. Um, limited funds, um, where would I even go to start this conversation? I mean, uh, are there people that you have here to even just talk through this? I mean, I'm out there. I know I've got I've to change something on the web page. I know that. Where do I start, Justin? I think it starts with um, sitting down and doing some initial work on it. And, and work may sound too heavy, like, I don't know where to start, but every pastor in a community, their goal is to know their community and know their visitors. And people that are in their church as members know them as well. So sit down and say, okay, I've got at least two audiences, visitors that have never been to my church and members, and just write out a list of things you think each group, each segment would need. And then you're prepared to have a conversation um, because we're going to ask you the same questions. Yeah. You're actually going in already ahead of the game, um, already you know, have thought through your audiences to a degree, think through what questions they would come to your site with each group, and write those out. And that way we can have a conversation. I'd love to have that with you uh, and be able to help you in that way. All right. Again, Justin Murphy, your creative people here in Greenville. Great. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. And I'd just like to encourage pastors to remember and to understand and really challenge you to think through this because your web page never takes a day off. It never takes a lunch break. It's going 24-7, seven days a week, all year round. And that web page is really representing who we are as, you know, as, to our community. It really does. And without giving a fair representation of what a Bible-believing church wants to be, it all starts with the web page to the community. Is that fair to say? It really does. That is correct. So, again, if you need help, uh, feel free to call me. My name is Marshall Fant. I'm with GFA Missions. My email address is mfant at gfamissions.org. I'll be happy to put you in touch with Justin. Someone at his company can help you and really to take seriously the way we reach our community through our web page. Justin, thanks again for being with us. Thank you for having me. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.